You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Any Stranger Things fans out there? Anyone enjoy the show somewhat, somewhat? Yeah. I've, I've watched them all. It's entertaining. It's nostalgic for me. If you're not familiar with the show Stranger Things, it's a Netflix original show, their most popular show that they've done to date, wildly popular culturally. If you've never seen it before, it's set in the 80s, which is really fun, and it's about preteens, teenagers, their relationships, connections, but that's not what makes the show exciting, and it's called Stranger Things because a lot of really strange supernatural things happen. There's monsters in it, which is exciting, right? There's all kinds of paranormal normal things that happen. There's alternate dimensions. There are people who have like powers where they can move things with their minds. I mean, it's really exciting. It's kind of freaky and spooky in some ways too. And people just love it. They can't get enough of it. So perhaps you've seen an episode or two. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've watched all of it. Maybe you binge watched season three in one day as soon as it came out. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I've never seen this show. And maybe you've never even heard of it. So no matter where you are on that spectrum, you're in a good place because you don't need to know anything about the show for this series, which is great. We're talking about stranger things within the Bible. Because if we're honest, the Bible is full of all kinds of really just strange stories. There's stories in there that you read them and are like, that's really great, that's awesome, but how does that apply to my life? If the Bible's supposed to be something that helps me out in my walk with God, when I read these stories, how am I supposed to apply this? What am I supposed to do with it? So over the last two weeks, and this is our third week in this series now, we've been talking about some strange stories. And if you've missed any of this series, I encourage you to go online and listen on the website of the podcast. I think it'll be something that really blesses you, something that will help you out. And so we're continuing this series today talking about stranger things, talking about stories in the Bible that are just a little bit different and a little odd, a little strange, and trying to figure out how they apply to our lives. And as I was thinking about the strange stories in my life and coming up and sharing some of the things in my life that were strange or a little different or a little out there, I I was thinking about how connected we all are today. And we are like, in this day and age, we are more connected than ever, right? You got your cell phone, you got your device, you've got email, you've got text messages, you've got Facebook message, Instagram messages, you've got all these other apps that are just about messaging, and then your phone actually makes phone calls too, which you can do that, but most people don't because there's just so many other ways you can get in touch with people. But I was thinking when I grew up, I'm old enough to remember before cell phones, and I remember we only had a corded phone in our house. Now, if you're my age or older, you might remember what this was like. If you're younger, you probably aren't going to be able to grasp this, but we had these phones, and they weren't even wireless. We didn't even have cordless phones yet. The phone was attached to the wall, and we didn't even have caller ID, so we didn't know who was calling, and there was no call waiting, so if someone was on the phone, someone couldn't get through. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're younger, you're like, I'm starting to get anxiety thinking about this, right? That's, that's, that's pretty intense, but I remember what it was like waiting for a phone call. There was no instant texting. There was no instant messaging. Matter of fact, when instant messaging came out, this is a true story, I was so blown away, AOL Instant Messenger, if you remember that back in the day, that it was the first time you could instantly communicate to someone on the internet, and I couldn't even wrap my head around it, so I called my friend, called her on the phone, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to send the message, and when I hit enter, I want you to tell me when it comes to your computer. 
And so I hit it, and she's like, it's now. It's instant messaging, Brian. I don't know what you're not comprehending about this. It's instant messenger. And I'm like, you mean you get it as soon as I hit enter? I mean, my mind was blown. So I remember what it was like waiting for a phone call to come in, being huddled around the phone. You didn't know who was going to call when that phone rang. There was no caller ID. It's not like now where you see it, and you're like, I don't know who that number is. I'm not answering. Or sometimes I know who that number is. I'm not answering. You didn't have that option. When the phone rang, you had to answer it. And sometimes you had to wait for really important information. You had to wait for really important things. I literally remember being huddled around the phone waiting for it to ring. Remember that girl in high school, she's going to call me, right? And you're just sitting there waiting, looking at the phone, willing it to ring, 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 right? You just want that phone call to come through and waiting. And sometimes people needed really important information to come through that phone call. And if someone else happened to call, like your sister, when you're waiting for a phone call, then it was over, right? Because now she's going to be on the phone for the next six hours and no one's going to be get through and Brian's never getting his phone call. I mean, it's painful having to wait for that communication to come through. Maybe you've been there before you experienced that. It's crazy. It's painful. Now just you get it instantly. You get it immediately. And then not so much the case. Or maybe waiting for a letter to come in the mail. Talk about being bad. People were like, phone, Brian. I remember when we had party lines and it was like one person for the whole community and you picked it up and there were like other people, your neighbors on the phone. I feel like that just took like, you know, like rumors and being nosy like to a whole nother level. Because you know everyone was listening. Let's just pretend like they were, yeah, come on. They were all listening. You know, everyone knew everyone's business. Party lines, worst invention ever. But remember like waiting in the mail. I remember when I applied to college, and I think they still do this this day, when you apply to college and you got to wait for the letter, like the acceptance or the rejection letter. Man, I remember waiting for that letter to come in the mail, right? And some of you are really smart, and you applied to a lot of colleges or a lot of schools, and you got accepted everywhere, and you just had your choice. Well, I wasn't so intelligent. I applied for one school, and that was it. So it was make or break. Brian had no backup plan. There was no other. It was just waiting for that letter to come in to see if I got accepted to the one college that I applied for, and it's just like pins and needles, checking that mailbox every day. It's not there. It's not there. And then finally it comes in, and it gets there, and I'm too afraid to open it, right? Because what if it says they don't want me to come to their school, right? I don't know if you've ever been in that position to wait for the letter, wait for something to come in the mail. It's, it's so painful. I've been on the other side of delivering news that people have been waiting for. See, I've shared this before, um, but Christy and I, we, we've had four daughters, but we never find out what the baby's gender is going to be before we have the kid. We always wanted to be surprised. At least I did, and Christy honored that for me. It's the best thing ever. If you someday plan on having kids, if you're going to have another kid, I can't recommend it enough. Don't find out what it is. First of all, it freaks people out because they're like, how can you be prepared if you don't know what it is? Well, I'll just give you a little newsflash. It doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl because here's what you need to be prepared for. No sleep, losing your sanity, and pretty much the stress and anxiety of taking care of another human being 24 hours a day the rest of your life. And it doesn't matter if the kid's wearing pink or blue. You can't be prepared for it. So it doesn't matter if it's a boy or girl. Let it be a surprise. It's the best ever, not knowing and just getting to meeting them for the first time. And so for, in our case, we just kept having girls, so it wasn't a surprise anymore. But that's just what we do. We made girls. I mean, I like the process of it. I'm not complaining. I enjoyed making them. But it's just really, that's what we did. So I remember always getting to share that news with the people in the waiting room, right? And so we find out, you know, we have the baby and it's a girl and everyone's in the waiting room. No one knows if it's a boy or a girl yet. And so getting to go down and walk in and tell the grandparents, you have another granddaughter, right? Again, it's just like, why would they even be surprised anymore? But that's just what we do. But getting to share that news. I don't know if you've ever been there before where you needed the news. You needed to find out, maybe to get a medical report from the doctor. And it's, you know, it's like something's going on. I don't even care if it's bad news, doc. Just give it to me so I know what's going on. You ever been there? Just give me the report. Is it bad? Is it good? I just need to 
to know. I don't know if you better like waiting for the job. You do the interview. You go in, and then you don't hear anything, right? I just shared, shared someone shared a story with me this last week that they applied for a job, they interviewed for it, and then they never heard anything back until they found out that someone else got the position that they applied for, and they didn't even hear anything from the organization. That's painful. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you waited on the news to hear something from somebody. But today it's all different, right? Today you text people and then you see those little bubbles come up, right? And the little bubbles come that they're texting back and then nothing comes up. They're like, well, I saw the bubbles. They must have been typing something. Where's it at? And then there's nothing. Then there's bubbles again. Oh, they're typing. And then just nothing comes. You know what I'm talking about. It's painful to be in that place where you're waiting to hear the news or hear the reply. Well, today I want to share a story with us of somebody from the Bible who was in this place of waiting to hear a message, waiting to hear news. They needed to hear something from God. So this guy's name is Moses. And perhaps you've heard of Moses before. Maybe you're familiar with his story. Maybe you've never heard of Moses before, but a really quick run through of Moses. Moses was a Hebrew who was born in the land of Egypt, and he was born in a time where Pharaoh was afraid that the Hebrews, who were slaves, they would build and do all of the work for the Egyptians. He was afraid that they were going to outnumber and overrun or rebel against their rule, and so he had all of the Hebrew boy children killed. Very, very tragic time in history. He was going to kill all the Hebrew boys. So his mom, being really smart, was like, well, we're going to do something with Moses. We're going to put him in this basket, and we're going to put him in the river, which in hindsight, doesn't seem like a great thing because I'm pretty sure they have like alligators or crocodiles. What are they there? I don't know. Like Moses snack. Yum. In a basket. So anyway, (laughs) kind of chewy. Anyway, um, (laughs) come on, Brian. So they put him in this river. He floats down. Long story short, Pharaoh's daughter is out in the river, takes him, sees this baby, has compassion on him, raises him in Pharaoh's house as her own son. But he's this Hebrew raised, adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, takes care of it. It's an amazing story. You should read it sometime. And so she, he's raised as an Egyptian, learns all of their culture, learns all these things, just like one of Pharaoh's grandkids. And then something happens where he sees some of his Hebrew brothers and sisters, some of his people being abused by the Egyptians, flies off the handle, ends up killing one of the Egyptian people, and then runs and flees for his life. Finds himself in the wilderness, in the middle of nowhere, and then of course meets this girl, ends up getting together with her, marries this guy Jethro's daughter, ends up taking care of his sheep. And here's where we pick up the story. While Moses has fled, run for his life, is living a totally different life outside of Egypt, no more living as a prince of Egypt, no more any of the perks and the pluses that come with that. He is now out tending sheep, his father-in-law's sheep, which just even gets better, right? And so here's where we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. In verse 3 it continues, So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange, stranger things, strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. 
So this is a pretty strange story. I don't know if you've ever encountered something like this where a bush was literally on fire. I've never had the privilege of having God speak to me in this way. But this is a story of where Moses, for the first time, hears God's voice so clearly. This is the first of a series of shouts from God that Moses hears. And see, Moses was in a place where he needed to hear God's voice. Because Moses figured that God had saved his life, spared him for some reason. And he thought that there had some greater purpose or reason than just tending his father-in-law's sheep. But he didn't know what that next step looked. It looked completely hopeless. He was now a fugitive. He was on the run. He couldn't ever go back. There's nothing he could do. And he needed, he was in a spot where he needed to hear from God. I don't know if you've ever been in that place, but I would like to say today that all of us as Christ followers, if we've made a decision to follow after Jesus, we absolutely need to hear God's life, God's voice in our life. Maybe it's something really big, a big life decision. Should, should I get with this person? Should, is this the person I'm supposed to marry? Is this the job or career I'm supposed to take? Should I, should I move here? Is this the school? You know, big things, big life decisions, and sometimes it's small things. Sometimes it's in the small decisions or the little things in life, like being, being a parent or being a husband or just in our family. Just sometimes we just need to hear from God because I'm not exactly sure what to do in this decision. I don't know what to do. What should I do, God? Have you ever been in that place? And I think as Christ followers, we get to the point where we want to hear God's voice. We don't want to do it on our own. My life is full of examples of where I've tried to do it on my own, and the results haven't been so great. When I've tried to do it in my own wisdom, my own intellect, my own, just me trying to figure it out on my own, sometimes it worked out okay, and there were some times it failed and failed miserably. But aren't you thankful that this morning we don't have time to go through the list of Brian's failures? We'll just move on. There have been some times, though, where, like Moses, I needed to hear God's voice. Like when I met my wife, Christy, before we were married, and just I was a person who I didn't really date a lot. I just kind of just stayed to the side. I really didn't want to give my heart away. I saw a lot of friends who did that, and I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go down that path. And so I just kind of just stayed on the sidelines and just waited for God to bring that person in my life. And I remember when I met Christy, and we actually met online, which now is not a big deal, but um, 15 years, 16 years ago, that was a really big deal. That was kind of like taboo, no, no. People couldn't wrap their head around, like, you met someone online. Yeah, I'm sure she's going to be legit, right? And I'm sure her family's feeling the same way. But I remember in that moment when we met, when we connected, we just God speaking to me like this, this is the one, this is the person who God prepared for me. I'm the person that I was prepared for her, that God brought us together. And that was just the medium that he used for us to meet. And just knowing that I heard God's voice, that this was someone that I was supposed to be with, to spend my life with. God just confirmed that and spoke that to me and gave me that peace. And even as we decided to plant this church, that was a moment where God spoke to us. It wasn't something that I sought out to do. I can tell you exactly where I was. About six years ago now, I was driving on Interstate 70 outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, and I had some worship music on, minding my own business, worshiping my guts out, just singing to God in my car by myself, probably doing 70 miles an hour down the interstate. And I remember in that moment was the very first time that I heard God speak to me and say that Someday we were going to plant a church. Totally not expecting it. Wasn't expecting to speak that to us. Didn't know what that looked like. That began years and years of praying, about a five-year journey of praying and seeing what that looked like and then figuring out where we were going to go, what we were going to do. We were living in Indiana at the time. We thought that made sense, that we would stay in Indiana, that we would plant a church there. But then we did something dangerous. We started asking God what his plan is, what he wanted for us. And I remember we prayed about it. And I've shared this story before that we got the Cracker Barrel map and we put it out on the dining room 
table because we're like, Lord, we know you've called us to a Cracker Barrel somewhere. No, I'm just kidding. It was just like one of those free maps they give away, and we like Cracker Barrel too. And so we prayed over that map and decided where it would be that God would lead us. And remember even just sharing that God would give that with Christy. That was our prayer, that God, would you just lead Christy and where this is that you want her, to want us to go as a family. And God spoke so clearly as we prayed and sought him out that eventually he revealed that it was Pittsburgh that we were supposed to go to. And all those prayers for five years, everything that we had sought after, where we would go, how it would work, who would go with us, who would we partner with, all those prayers began to get answers like dominoes just starting to fall over as God spoke to us and left us to where he called us as a church, knowing that he called us to plant a church in Pittsburgh, which wasn't our plan. We pretty much looked at every other Cracker Barrel in the nation, but God said there's this one up in North Van Robinson. They really need a church by there, Brian. That cornbread and biscuits, it's calling your name. That frosty lemonade mug. Holy, holy. Come on now, somebody. So good. Mmm. Cracker Barrel. Anyway, we need to hear God's voice. We need to hear God's voice. So as we read this story about Moses, when we read this strange story about a burning bush, how could this possibly apply to us? Well, there's four things I want to share with you today. And if you're taking notes, you can write this first one down. The first one is this. We never know when God will choose to communicate. We never know when God will choose to communicate to us. You saw this in verse 1. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. So Moses is just doing something just completely ordinary, completely mundane, just doing something just totally not seeking God, not, you know, spending this time prayer, prayer and fasting. And sometimes God does speak to us when we spend that dedicated time, prayer, fasting, seeking him, setting our lives apart. But sometimes you can be tending the sheep. Sometimes you can just be driving in the car, oblivious. Sometimes you can just be watching a movie. Sometimes you can be having a conversation with a friend. Sometimes it can just happen when you're not at all expecting it. So there are times like Moses where we never know when God will choose to communicate with us. Sometimes, yes, it could happen in church. It could happen in those moments where we think God will, ex- will experience him. Yes, like well, I was praising God driving down the road, but I wasn't expecting, to, you can believe me, I was not like, God, what should I do next in my, my life? I really want to do something as crazy as planting a new church. God, just I'd bring it on. No, I was not on my mind at all. We never know when God will choose to communicate with us. And maybe you've been there before. Maybe you're like Moses. You're out there just tending the sheep. You're doing your thing, and all of a sudden it's like, boom. Oh, God, I wasn't expecting that but we never know when God will choose to communicate. The next one is this. God will often bring something into our life that will demand attention. God will often bring something into our life that will demand attention. And we see this here in verse two. This is what he says. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses got, saw that the, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. See, it wasn't about a burning bush. It was that it was something out of the ordinary that God used to get his attention. So what does that look like in our life? Sometimes this can be a circumstance. Sometimes this can be an event. Sometimes this can be something that it's really difficult that we go through a, a tragedy or a loss or a pain or a relationship strain or something, a, a job loss or a transition or something that's really difficult. And God can use that something to get our attention. Sometimes it's something that someone has done to us or inflicted us some wrong or caused us some pain. Or sometimes, just being honest, it's our own screw-ups. It's our own failures. And God uses that moment to bring it to our attention of like, man, I really messed up here. 
and it's something that God uses to get our attention. See, the burning bush, it wasn't that it was just a bush that was on fire, it was special. I mean, if you saw that, I mean, can you imagine driving down the road and someone shrubs and fire in their front yard and it wasn't burning? I mean, you'd probably stop and see what's going on. And then I'd be like, hey, what greenhouse can I get one of those? Because that would look really great next to my Japanese maple. That's amazing, right? It'd just be amazing. I mean, if there were burning shrubs, this would be a thing. Someone, come on, we can do this. Amazon, we can make it happen. God will use these things in our lives to get our attention. And sometimes we just got to stop and pause. And, and Moses could have just been like, oh, sweet, burning bush, but the sheep are all running around. But we got to stop and say, hey, God's using this to get my attention. It could be anything, a circumstance, a life event, a tragedy, something that happens, a transition, an opportunity, a relationship fail, a new relationship starting and one ending having a child, whatever it is, God can use so many different things in our lives to get our attention. Which leads us to this third one, is we will often need to explore the events in our life for what God is trying to say. See, God will use something to get our attention, but then we will need to explore the events that happen in our life and really take a moment and explore it and see what God is trying to say. In verse 3, so Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. See, it's not enough to just realize that God will use things, put things in our path. Sometimes maybe even some intentional speed bumps that we hit, and we might get really angry, we might get upset, or why did God allow this to happen? What is going on? Or this is a really strange event. I didn't ask for this. This is not the plan that I had. Things aren't going my way. Whatever the event is, we've got to stop and say, what is God trying to say to me through this moment? What is God trying to say to me in this moment? Sometimes when those things happen, when we hit those speed bumps, when life throws us the curveball, when something doesn't go the way that we thought it should, sometimes we have to dig a little deeper and say, just like Moses, hey, I'm going to go over and see this thing. God, what are you trying to say to me in this moment? What is something that you were trying to speak to me through this? God, this isn't something that I would choose. This isn't something that I would like. Or even if I have some options in front of me and I'm trying to figure this out on my own, but no, I'm just going to dig a little deeper. God, are you, are you trying to speak to me in this moment? Is this something that you're trying to show me? God, is this something that you're trying to lead me and speak to me? Maybe for the first time like Moses, maybe you're like here today and you're like, I don't know that I've ever had God speak to me before. I don't know that I've ever really heard God give me any kind of instruction or encourage me in some way or help me choose which path I should take. And maybe for the very first time, God wants you to help you understand that when those life circumstances, when those situations, when you're faced with the options, when you're faced with the choices, maybe God just wants you to dig a little bit deeper and explore what it is he's trying to say to you. Which leads us to the fourth and final one. If you want to hear from God, you have to make a step. If you want to hear from God, and as Christ followers of people who have said yes to following after Jesus, we should be in a place that we want to hear from God on a regular basis. I need to hear from God. It's not that I'm a pastor that I need to hear from God. Yes, as leading a church, but even as a Christ follower, even as a husband, even as a dad, even leaving my home over our finances, all the decisions, the things I need to do, I am so desperate to hear and be led by the voice of God. But if you want to hear from him, you've got Got to make a step. Did you catch what it said in verse 4? And this is really important. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, then God called out to Moses. See, it wasn't that there was a burning bush in the distance that just started yelling out, Moses! 
was, which would be freaky, right? But it was one, he made the step towards the bush. Once he acknowledged it and made a step towards it, then, did you catch it? Then God began to speak to him. So if you want to hear from God, you've got to make a step once God gets your attention, once you see that thing, once you begin to explore it, you've got to make a step towards hearing from God. So now this begs the question today, how do we make a step? And this is how we're going to wrap up today. How do we make a step to hear from God? What does this practically look like? Because you might be here today and you're like, there's many times I've heard from God or it's been sporadic in my life or I have never heard God's instruction before. And so I'm here today and I hear what you're saying, Brian, but how do I hear from God? What do I do to make this step to hear from him? And there's three questions that I want to ask us today. And the first one is this, how fervently have you prayed? See, the first step in hearing from God is making a step towards him and spending time in prayer. See, that step for us, we might not have a burning bush to make a step towards, but just spending a few minutes in prayer each day may be the step that you need to hear from God. See, it's not just something about super spiritual and making a long, drawn-out thing. Maybe it starts with two minutes, five minutes a day, just finding some time communicating with God. And prayer is just simply just speaking to God. It's sharing with, hey, God, here's the things going on in my life. Just like you would share talking to someone who is in front of you. God, I'm stressed out. I'm worried. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this decision or I'm concerned about what this person is doing. And God, here's what's going on and, and I need your help. I need you to come alongside of me. It's spending time being thankful and giving God gratitude. God, thank you for the way that you've loved me. Thank you for the way that you've saved me. Thank you that you are gracious, that you are kind, that you have a plan for me, that you love me, that you want me to prosper, that you want me to succeed. But God, here's where I'm at and here's where I just need your help. God, can you just speak to me? Show me. Can you help me follow you? I'm struggling with this. God, I'm having a hard time. Could you just be there with me? See, that's what our prayer life is all about. And if you want to hear from God, I've got to start with the question, how fervently have we spent time praying with God, speaking to him and allowing him to speak to us? And it looks different for many people. Some people like to journal. They like to write down the thoughts or the things that God gives them while they pray. Sometimes it's praying out loud. I'm a pacer. I've got to walk while I pray. I can't sit down. I'll fall asleep, just being honest. How about some transparency from the pastor today? If I sit down and I pray, I will fall asleep. And coming up on 40 years old now, I know enough times I've tried. I'll be able to sit in this chair. I'll just pray fervently enough, and I won't fall asleep. Two minutes later, I'm out, right? It's just, I got to walk. I got to pace. I got to pray. I just, I got, you know, the track and the living room, all different places where I pray, you know, in the basement, I just back and forth. I just got a pace when I pray. It's just what I do. And for you, sitting down in a chair might be great. That might be awesome. Some people like to get out in nature or spend some time on their porch praying. Some people like to get up early, but you got to find that routine, what works for you. Maybe getting up before everyone else in the house does. Maybe before you go to bed, spending some time. Or maybe in your lunch break, just finding a few minutes to, to break away and commune and just pray with God. But see, many times hearing from God starts by making the step of just spending some time in prayer. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be eloquent. God's not looking for how fancy or how right your prayers are. It's just talking to him, just having communication with him. He doesn't have to be lengthy. He doesn't have to be drawn out. He just wants you to communicate with him. And when you do that, God's Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, when you said yes to him, that he came to dwell inside of you, his spirit will begin to speak to you. I can't tell you how many times where I was faced with decisions. Yes, the big ones, planting a church, who I'm going to marry, starting a family, relocating, all those big things, going to school, those big life decisions. Yes, we absolutely pray about them. 
but even in the small things, even in the day-to-day things that I pray daily, prayers that are constantly on my lips. God, help me to be a better husband to my wife. Help me to be the man of God that I need to be. Help me to lead my household, Lord. Lord, help my children to know you from a young age. Help me be a godly father to them, to be an example, to lead them by example, not just telling them about you, but showing them what it means to follow after you. These are prayers that are always on my lips. God, as a pastor, help me to lead this church, Lord. Give me the strength that I need. I don't feel qualified. I don't feel I can do this, Lord. I know that I'm not good enough or strong enough in my own strength. Lord, give me the strength to do this, Lord. Lord, bring the resources that we need, the people that we need. God, send what we need to do this because I know I am not capable of doing this in my own. I'm not strong enough. I don't have the skill set. I'm not gifted. I'm not charismatic enough. God, I'm so desperate for you. See what it looks like daily just to have those prayers Maybe it's for your kids, for your family, for your work, for whatever's going on in your life, but just beginning to speak and communicate with God. Maybe that today is your step. Finding just 60 seconds, just start that small. Just, hey God, I don't even know what to say, but I just need to know that you're there. I need help in this. Can you just, can you just begin to speak to me, God? Show me. And just start that simple. The next question we have is, how passionately have you searched scriptures? See, I believe the greatest way that God can speak to us is through his word. And sometimes when we talk about these crazy stories, these strange stories we read, it can become really overwhelming. And I wouldn't suggest just going to get in the Bible and throwing it open and just starting somewhere because that can lead you down a really confusing path. Because there's some stuff in the Bible. I mean, I went to Bible school and sometimes I'm like, what in the world are they talking about? How does this apply to me? But I just want to let you know, in this day and age, man, we have got it made. If you do not have the Bible app on your phone or your device yet, I encourage you today. Matter of fact, get your phone out right now and download that bad boy. It's called the Bible app. It makes reading the Bible as e- we Basically, I have no excuse. We have no excuse. I mean, it is on your device. It's on your phone. It's on your tablet, on your computer, whatever. And there's all of these devotionals that you can just set up to read. And they'll give you topics to help you read the scripture and understand it, how it applies to your life. And there's every topic under the sun on marriage, on children, different life stages, different things about money, finances, sexuality, all kinds of topics that you could just go in and start these reading plans. And then it will help you understand how it applies to your life. And you can start there. Matter of fact, if you want to even make it easier, here's the training wheels. It doesn't get any easier than this. The Bible app has something called the verse of the day. All you do is click on the little Bible and boom, the scripture pops up in front of you every single day. And here's the magic. It's a different verse every single day, right? I mean, it doesn't get any easier than reading the Bible. You don't even have to figure out to read. It just tells you, here's the verse that you will read for today, right? Just start there. Because I truly believe that we've got to start by searching the scriptures that God will absolutely speak to you. The Bible is the living word. And I can't even tell you how many different times at different stages in life where I've read the same exact passage. And depending on what I'm going through, what we need to hear from God, it just punches me in the face. I'm like, I've read the scripture a hundred times before and it's never hit me that way. I've never really understood it that way. I've never, God communicated to me in a brand new way because the word is living and it will speak to you, and it brings life. But you've got to just start by getting it in. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be messy. It doesn't have to be like, what in the world? Just get in the Bible app. It's so easy to do. Find a reading plan. Some people like to read along with somebody else in the same devotion. Maybe you and a spouse would enjoy doing that. Maybe it's much better if you and your spouse don't read the Bible together. I don't know. Whatever works for you, there's no right or wrong way. This is what's so exciting about getting in small groups. Many times we can get together and begin to study the scripture. So excited for groups to launch again this school year. But we have an opportunity to search scriptures, scriptures, figure out how they apply to our life. And I promise you, 
There are so many times. You mean to share with you the first verse that came alive to me? And this is kind of embarrassing, but this shows you how awesome the Bible is. I remember the first time, and I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up going to church for Sunday school, Sunday morning service, Sunday evening service, and Wednesday night. That's right. Four times a week was there every single time. So when the people like whine about coming to church once a week on Sunday, I'm like... <laughs> Get over it. Four, four times a week. And we lived in the parsonage next to the church, so we were pretty much at church 24-7. So I have, no, I have no sympathy for anyone who's sad about coming to church on Sunday morning. But anyway, so I grew up in it, grew up reading the scripture, but I remember the first time the Bible punched me in the face. I'm sitting there reading my huge leather-bound, baby, come on, New King James Version Bible, red letter edition. Come on, somebody, red letter. Jesus in those red letters, right? And I'm reading this Bible. I'm sitting on the couch. Never forget the moment sitting on the couch, reading the New Testament. And it was like for the first time I was reading the Bible and I got to this verse where, you know, in the, in, in the, in the New King James Version, it gets rid of most of the these and thous and makes it a little more understandable. But I remember the first time I read this scripture where it was like, hey, if you've got a log in your eye, don't worry about the person who has the little speck of wood in their eye and you're trying to tell them about the speck of wood in their eye when you've got a two by four sticking out of your face. That's the Brian translation, not the New King James and I mean, that's how I read it. It was like the first time I was like, Phew. it was like, oh my gosh, I'm worried about these people around me and how they're living their life. And the Bible was just pretty much like, you need to shut your mouth and deal with the piece of lumber protruding from your face when you're trying to get sawdust out of someone else's eye. See, that happened, I, what was I, early teens? And I can still remember that moment so clear, so vividly that God spoke to me through his word. And I promise you, when you begin to do that, when you begin to read it and you begin to just reflect on it, God will speak to you in ways you never thought possible, but we've got to spend time in his word. We've got to spend time reading it. Even like me, not intentionally, just innocently sitting there on the couch reading the Bible, just punched me in the face. And never to that day, never to this day, forgot that lesson of how important it is to not worry about everyone else's speck. Two by four, deal with it, right? The last one is this. How intently have you sought counsel? How intently have you sought counsel? I, I can't under, you can't under exaggerate the importance of this step when hearing from God. It is so important that in our lives as we pray to hear from God, as we read scripture to hear from God, and as we begin to believe that God is speaking to us, it is so important that we have people in our lives who are a little bit further down the road than us. Some people who have a little bit more wisdom under their belt. Some people have a little more experience hearing God and hearing God's voice. It's so important that we submit to somebody in our life or some wisdom, some counsel, maybe it's a parent, a family member, a grandparent, a pastor, an aunt, an uncle, somebody, a small group leader, somebody, a mentor, but there's got to be somebody in our life who we can come to for godly counsel. See, when we make those big life decisions, this is more important than ever. See, because we could think God is speaking to us, and we could pretty sure this is where God's leading us, but you've got to have somebody who can bring that to and be like, can you just help me and help me make sure that this is what I'm hearing right from God? Someone that we can trust, that they could say, hey, here's what I'm hearing, here's what I'm feeling, this is what I'm leading, this is where I believe God's speaking to me, but I just need somebody to kind of verify that for me. And then here's the hard part. When we submit to somebody like that and we really ask them, to, can you, can you pray about this with me? Can you pray and see if this is where God's bringing you to the same conclusion? Then we have to be willing to say when the person says, you know, I'm not sure that's what God's saying. What do we normally do? Well, who do you think you are? No, 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 that's not how it works. If you're actually going to ask someone, you've got to care about what they're going to say. And maybe sometimes they'll say, yeah, that's exactly what I, I really feel that's what God's saying to you. Or maybe sometimes they're like, I, I don't know that's exactly what God's saying, but I feel this might be what he's leading and what he's saying. 
And there have been so many times in my life, even to this day, I am so thankful for the men and women that Christy and I have in our lives, other pastors that we communicate on a regular basis. Ask them to pray with us. Say, here's where we feel God's leading us. Not just even leading a church. That's the easy stuff, right? But even in my family, my daughters are going through something and I don't know what to do. This is way beyond my, no one trained me. Where was the manual for this in parenting? No one said it was going to get this crazy. Are you kidding me? What am I supposed to do? And having people that I can go to and say, will you pray with me about this? I'm not sure what to do and I'm not sure what the step to take is. Or here's what's going on in my marriage and, and I, I know this is so hard and this is the first time we've done something and pioneered something new like this and, and it's taking a toll on my marriage and having people we can go to and say, can you just pray about this with me? What's our next step? What, what do you feel God's saying? Here's where we think God is. This is what we feel he's saying, but we just believing that God's gonna speak to us. What do you feel in this moment? Can you help me find some wisdom from God in this moment? We've got to have those people in our lives. Maybe someone, a small group leader, someone a little further down the road, it doesn't need to be a pastor. Maybe it is, maybe it won't be. Sometimes we even got to do this with our spouse. We've got to come to our husband or our wife and be like, we just need to pray about this together. That was Christy and I before we planned this church. We just got to pray together. We're going to believe that God's going to speak to you on this. We believe that God's going to give you the answer that he's going to show us lead us, guide us, speak to us from that bush, whatever that moment is, whatever that thing is. But see, if you want to make a step to hear from God, I believe that one of these steps is the one that you've got to begin to make this week. Maybe your step is just starting to pray and talk to God. Maybe it's to get that Bible app and start reading scripture on a daily basis. And if you fall off the wagon, awesome. It's not about legalism. It's not like if you're praying or reading your Bible and you miss a day, God's like, well, that's it. I was going to talk to you, but you know that random Tuesday you missed because life was exploding in front of your face? Sorry about that. If you just prayed on that day, that was the day the bush was going to show up. No! God just wants you to just communicate with him. Just spend some time. Make it routine. Just start somewhere. Just start somewhere. Begin to pray two minutes, five minutes. Wake up five minutes early. Spend it with him. Get that Bible app. Just spend a couple minutes praying. Maybe it's three times a week, twice a week, whatever it is, just start. Maybe it's finding someone who you can trust in your life to be that wisdom, to be that godly counsel. Maybe God's been speaking to you something, or maybe you're just not sure about something you've been frustrating about. You're not sure which way to go. Maybe it's finding someone in your life who you can trust to be that godly counsel in your life. But if you want to hear from God, you've got to make a step. And if you've made the decision to follow after Jesus, you've got to be in a place where you want to hear from God on a daily basis. Because it's good news that it doesn't have to just be about us. Yes, God gives us wisdom. Yes, God gives us the ability to choose. Yes, God gives us intellect and wisdom and we can use that. Yes, he wants us to. But life is sometimes so much beyond our own wisdom and intellect that sometimes we just like Moses need that spiritual download to hear from him. And yes, sometimes it's those big life-altering decisions, but most of the times it's those day-to-day the grind. We're like Moses out tending the sheep. We're working our jobs. We're going to school. We're raising our kids. We're trying to love our spouse. We're trying to be a good steward of our resources, of our finances, making wise decisions. And over and over and over again, we will need to hear God's voice on a daily basis. (laughs) That's where I'm at. I'm desperate to hear from God. Take the whole pastor thing away. I'm desperate to hear from God. 
because I can't do it on my own. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a good God. God, that you love us, that you created us, that you have a plan for us, and the plan that you have for us is so much greater than anything that we could have ever hoped or imagined for ourselves. But God, it begins by hearing your voice and being obedient to things that you ask us and call us to do. Lord, I'm reminded as we continued reading this story, God, that the things that you spoke to Moses in that bush, God, he wasn't necessarily excited to hear them. God, he wasn't so sure that he could possibly follow through with the things that you were calling and challenging him to do. And God, many times you will speak to us and it might not be things that we like. It might not be things that we would choose to hear. It might be things that are difficult and hard to do. But God, I believe that if you've called us to it, that if you've spoke it to us, that if you've given us your word, if you've given us your promise and we stand on that, God, that you will help us to do. God, you will not speak anything to us that you will not help us to do, God. God, that you will be there every step of the way, though it may be difficult, though it may be not what we choose, though it may not be something that we want to hear, though it may be the hard path. God, that if you speak it to us, God, that you will equip us, you will provide the resources, you will make the steps, God, as we step out in faith. But God, it's got to start by hearing you. God, help us to hear your voice. God, yes, in those big life-altering decisions, but even in the small day-to-day things, God, being a husband, being a wife, being a grandmother, a grandfather, an aunt, an uncle, and our families, and our jobs, and our careers, and our sphere of influence with our friends, with our families, with our coworkers, our classmates. God, in those day-to-day decisions that we make, God, hearing your voice, being led by you, not doing this life in our own intellect, in our own decisions, but truly hearing your voice. God, I pray today that those of us today that need to make that step, God, would be bold and make that step this week, spending time in prayer with you, spending time reading scripture, finding some godly counsel and wisdom in our life. God, I know that might not be easy, but just even praying, God, would you just send somebody in my life? God, would you give me the boldness to approach this person and ask them to be that in my life, to pray about this with me? Lord, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, Lord, if, if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow after Jesus, the first step that you need to make to hear the voice of God is to surrender your life to him and to know that God created you, he loves you, he has a plan for you, he has a plan to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, that he loves you more than anything, that God sent his son to die for you, to pay the price for your sins, your mess-ups, your mistakes. And it's not about being good enough. It's not about your good deeds outweighing your bad deeds. It's simply saying, God, I am in desperate need of you. I can't do this on my own. I can't keep trying. I'm just gonna keep getting frustrated. Lord, I need you in my life. I need to surrender to you. If that's you today, we wanna give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus to yes to surrendering your life to him, the best decision you could ever make, the best step you could ever make. If you're here today and maybe at one point you said yes to a relationship with Jesus, but maybe life began to happen, life began to get difficult, maybe there was something that happened or a tragedy or a difficulty, maybe someone did something to you or maybe you just flat out messed up in whatever the situation or circumstance, you just walked away from God or you drifted away from God and slowly just got to disconnect and you don't have that relationship with him. It doesn't matter the reason that God loves you. And he's been always waiting with arms wide open, not with judgment, not with condemnation, not with guilt, but with love, 
with forgiveness, with grace, with mercy. If that's you today in either one of those categories and you want to say yes for the first time or maybe to recommit your life while no one's looking around, I'm going to ask you to do something brave. Just slip your hand up in this moment. If you want to recommit your life or for the very first time, say yes to Jesus. Awesome. Great. We're going to pray out loud together so that no one has to pray alone. So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for giving your life for me. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we cheer for those who made a decision today to come follow Jesus, give your life the best decision you can make? Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.